Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash, puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club! I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I am Pete. And this is our special New York Comic Con edition of the show. I'm very excited about this. Very excited to be here. Have you guys hit up the con at all yet? Yes. Oh, no, the Comic Con? No. Oh, okay. Oh, you mean like the con? Like uh... I was running scams on people on the streets <laughs> doing some three card Monty. Nice. How'd that go? Good. I lost everything. That's why I'm nude here. Yes. Uh, and Pete, your con is you're very drunk right now. Yeah, that's right. You know, if you skip a meal, the booze hits harder. Oh, hey, that's man. just chemistry right there. Uh, now, I want to mention we do a regular Tuesday night show, and at the Tuesday night show, Pete uh, always has a Punisher shrine right. set up right on the side. He has uh, Punisher slippers, a Punisher hat, a uh, little piece of John Bernthal skin. I think it's his chest yeah. skin. You, you were not supposed to talk about that. So I wasn't yeah. supposed to. Okay. So well, forget about that part. We'll edit that out of the podcast later. Uh, so we're at a different venue this time. We're at Caveat yeah. uh, downtown. Pete, of course, you didn't take a plastic bag full of no. Punisher stuff and bring it down here, did you? No. Why would I do that? Yeah, we're in a new that'd venue. Be <laughs> yeah, that'd be weird. <laughs> I'll tell you what. You say, raw, 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 definitely makes it uh, sound like you didn't do that. Yeah, I definitely didn't do that. Thanks yeah. for bringing it up, though. I appreciate no it. No problem. Nice. He did, though. He did. I asked him what the plastic bag was. And, and, it was and it's hidden backstage because <laughs> there was shame attached to it. Yeah. <laughs> I was feeling pretty good about it until Zeldin was like, you didn't really do that, did you? I did. I am very excited about the guests that we have on the show tonight. For those of you in the live audience, you've seen one of these folks already. He is from 30 Rock, American Splendor. He has a new special on Netflix that you can check out. It's exactly 84 minutes long. I think it was 86. 86. No, I think it was 84. You're very drunk. Uh, The uh, other guest is the writer of Absolute Carnage, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Silver Surfer Black. Ladies and gentlemen, Judah Freelander and Donnie Cates. Come on up. Come on up. Hello. 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 Come on down. Hello. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I just sat on a book. Okay, there we go. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for coming out tonight. I'm excited to have you here. Donnie, you're sitting very close to me and right here. That's true. Uh, first of all, I want to get one thing out of the way before we get into it. Oh, no. uh, you are writing a lot of stuff now, but when we started the show, what was it, 13 years ago? Yep, birth. You were an intern at Marvel and you used no, to come to the show all the time, and I can't help but think we inspired you on your journey <laughs> yes. and could we, take full credit for all your I, success. Yeah, we I, launched the ship. Yeah. <laughs> No, I was uh, I was an intern at Marvel in like 2010 or so like that, and um, Jordan White, friend of the show, Jordan and D. My, White. my 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 first editor, um, was the only editor at Marvel at the time who would who would um, associate with interns, and I didn't I didn't know anyone in this city. I'm from Texas, and so he uh, very kindly would invite me out to the show, uh, and I used to sit. 
uh, yonder over there and, and dream dream about oh, being on this stage with so you, you handsome gentleman. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Well, now you can, after the show, you can finally throw in the towel. You can finally give up. That's right. You've reached all of your dreams. You, you actually, really quick, you actually did, and I've told you this a million times, write one of my favorite comics. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the Throg Joke. Oh, uh, thank you, Is one of the best, the best uh, Thor... Frog-based jokes I've ever read in my life. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a very specific. <laughs> it is, and I, it, so, it's yeah. weird. There's only been five or six of them. Yeah, yes. yeah. And look no further for the best one. Yes. Well, I appreciate that. Let's don't, don't let that compliment go to your head, or <laughs> specifically your forehead. Oh, your forehead. All right. Fall back. All right. Uh, let's talk about all the stuff you're doing. You have a ton of titles that you are working on right now. Uh, first one, biggest one that's coming out, your first event, Absolute Carnage. Yeah. Uh, for those who haven't been picking it up, what is the general idea of that book? What's the pitch line for Oh, it? boy. Um, so the long real and short simple. of it is, yeah, real simple, uh, Cletus Cassidy, who is Carnage, uh, has been resurrected from the dead by a cult who worships the god of the symbiotes as a being named Null. And uh, he's on a quest to murder every single person who has ever worn a symbiote in the Marvel U, which if you've been reading Marvel comics the past 30-odd years, is damn near everyone. Yep. Um, and so Venom, along with this nerd named Peter Parker, are trying <laughs> desperately to save everyone while Carnage is on a murderous warpath across the Marvel U. And so far... It has not been going great. So something we were actually talking about on our last live show a little bit that I'm curious to get your take on. What is it about Sibius? What is it about these suits, this Venom suit, that has taken over the entire Marvel Universe? What is appealing about it to you as a writer? Everybody wears a symbiote suit at some point. At some point. Well, I think that part of it, like the part where you want to see people wear suits, is it's this... It's always, it's always fucking rad to see people in new costumes and make new toys. That yeah. part's always cool, right? <laughs> the symbiote in and of itself, uh, going back to Peter Parker wearing it, right out of Secret Wars number eight, um, and then going into the, the kind of the black suit, um, the black uh, costume saga, and then into Eddie Brock, um, I, I think it's never been done better than with Eddie, right? I always tend to think that uh, Venom uh, it works best when it's a um, bit of a metaphor for addiction. Um, and oh, oh, and um, Eddie Brock's a guy that has wavered back and forth, being a good guy and a bad guy. People ask me often, is your book, is he a good guy or a bad guy? I always say he's a guy who wakes up every single day desperately wanting to be a good guy, but he has this shadow that he wears that veers him off of his path. And if that's not addiction, I don't know what is, right? Having this kind of this, this dark voice, voice in your head that's, that strays you from the man that you want to be, right? Um, and so I think that it's always a, it's always a, a, a wonderful exercise to kind of uh, take people down a path of either giving them everything that they've ever wanted or giving them everything that they've been afraid to become. Um, and symbiotes are a good metaphor for that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, now, you, we were talking about this a bit backstage. You just finished Absolute Carnage here at New York Comic Con. I did, yeah. Uh, and you had some special help. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I went into the Diamond Retailer breakfast this morning at 8 a.m. Great and breakfast. Then, great, dude. If you, if, you, if you can get in, yeah. uh, open a comic book store just for the pancakes. And the, the uh, retailers cook the food themselves. Yeah, right? we make them do it. Yeah, it's, more, it's for us. Yeah. Um, no, I went and did, did that, but I didn't have anywhere to be until like 11 o'clock for my signing. And so I have so many deadlines because I've been traveling so much. So I just went to my table before the show opened, and I sat down with my laptop, and I was like, I'm going to bang this thing out. And uh, so many very nice people who were there, like, I guess VIP guests or something, were coming up and being very sweet. And at a certain point, my manager came over and was just like, hey, do you want to be able to just write and, like, put your headphones on? And I was like, yeah, I kind of would. He was like, I got you. And I, I don't know what I thought he was going to do. Wreck some heads. He had just started punching <laughs> on the mouth. breakfast heads. But, like some 8 a.m. <laughs> yeah, but long story short, what happened was I ended up finishing Absolute Carnage number five, sitting at my table, flanked by security guards. Uh, is there a better is, way to write? It's the weirdest thing. I am not that important. Shakespeare often had a full military outfit. That's right. I heard really? Not yeah, yeah, I heard a, they don't talk about yeah. I am a classically trained actor, yes. as it's you true. all know. It's true. So it's I true. really have studied the bard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that though is leading into you're not uh, leaving Venom at that point. Oh no, you're leading into no. Venom Island yes. and other events. And yeah. as far as I've heard the story, you sat down at the first Marvel retreat with your Venom plans and talked for like a solid hour. Oh my god, your plans, an right? hour at least. I yeah, I tend to um, I tend to like over plan. I tend to know. Uh, exactly what I'm doing for like the I, when I get on a title that I'm very passionate about I sit down and I plan it out for years and years and years um, and you kind of work in where you think events will go and like where when the story kind of evolves and blooms to a point where you need to get the Avengers and Iron Man to come in and stuff and those are very good natural selling points um, my first uh, summit uh, where I had to talk about Venom I walked through like five years of story wow. going, going going all the way through uh, to the end of Ryan and I's run. And Absolute Carnage uh, kind of marks what we call the end of, like, Act 1. Uh, oh, that's wow. early. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so the events of Issue 5 will be setting up uh, the next huge threats that, and, the, and things that are coming next. Wow. Let's move to the cosmic stuff, since sure. you're working on that side as well. You're wrapping up Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, what was it like to take on that title? What was your mission there? Um, I wanted to get back to, <clears throat> for so long, the Guardians comic itself has kind of been, uh, has kind of fallen into the shadow of the films, right? And the films are wonderful, and I love them. Uh, but the cosmic stuff and the Guardians specifically that I grew up with was brutal. Um, uh, uh, when, when you have, like, epic plots on Earth, uh, they're a little bit uh, hinged by how big they can get just by their by their by their territory, right? In space, everything can be the the biggest end of the world, like hold, like no holds bar, Jim Starliny, Abnett Landing type of stuff. Um, and the stuff that I liked was uh, you know Abnett and Landing Guardians of the Galaxy run was saving Private Ryan in space. It was brutal, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to bring it down to a darker tone. Um, and, um, and, and yeah, I'm not, I, people keep on saying that issue 12 is the end of my Guardian's tenure. Uh, I wouldn't get too attached to that. I've kind of been the cosmic guy. Um, the, uh, showrunner is the title that we use. I've been kind of like, um, facilitating and looking over all the cosmic stuff since I began on Thanos. Um, and uh, my time overseeing the cosmic uh, side of of Marvel uh, is uh, just beginning. I have a new thing I'm going to be announcing tomorrow at Comic Con that will give you the uh, will show you how much bigger my plan will get. So think about space. Yeah, and think about Donnie writing space. So yeah, okay. Uh, what are the options that we have there? Well, uh, uh, I'm going to say a sun. A sun. Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. just the sun. The sun. The the sun. sun. That would be yeah. crazy. What uh-huh. a movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Because the sun is important. That's true. right. That's true. Gives life. And you guys are crushing plants. it. And uh, obviously, solar energy mm-hmm. taking over. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> very fun. Um, uh, Ego living planet is a cool person. Yeah. I've written him. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Silver Surfer. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about that because sure. you're yes. Before what? we move on, I just wanted to say, in Thanos, Cosmic Ghost Rider as being the Punisher fan on the show, like uh-huh. was amazeballs. And I just wanted to thank you for your work on that. Well, thank you so much. Uh, it's a it's a weird thing. Cosmic Ghost Rider is a character that me and my friend Jeff Shaw. Uh, created in Thanos Wins that we never in a million years thought was going to catch on. And now there's like his own solo series and toys and Funko Pops and statues. And it's very bizarre. He's weird. sort of the new Punisher, right? He's like the... Hey, uh, fuck you, he's like, the, <laughs> he's like the Frank Castle everyone expects. Yeah, so. he's like Punisher, but like like fixed. Yeah, he's like exactly. now he's good now. Finally. Better. Yeah. Just better. Yeah. It just took him going to space and aging millennia well, yeah. to get over that. Yeah. And then and also hell. just being a new character named Ghost Rider <laughs> in space. <laughs> and he finally got over the picnic. There you go. A little bit. Yes. Uh, let's talk about Silver Surfer Black, though, yeah. for a second. Uh, I think that's the last of the things that at least you have going on for Marvel right now that we uh-huh. know about. Uh, you love... Uh, you love that title, Justin. Very much so. I feel like it, I call it the uh, the Sandman for Silver Surfer. Oh, that's really sweet. Thank I feel you. like it uh, just creates a mythology, or and it puts him in a journey that you really feel the depth of what he's going through, and it puts him into a whole new uh, mythological side of the Marvel universe. I feel like he hasn't been. Oh, thank you so much. I I I I I got that book because I. Um, uh, I was actually in Dublin, uh, hanging out with a buddy, uh, uh, and he he knows Trad, and I actually went to college with Trad. 
uh, at art school, um, and he was that good then. And we've always wanted to do a book, and uh, we just uh, our we just like cross paths in the schedule. And I was in uh, in Dublin, and um, Declan Shelby, uh, who's uh, yeah. an amazing artist, told me that uh, Trad was free, and I was like, wait, what? And he was I like, yeah. He, he, he was like, released from he, he was like, I think he wants to do like a silver surfer thing. And I was like, give me two seconds. And I called CB and I was like, whatever this is, I want to do it. And so since I've known Trad for like 10 years, I just called him and I was like, well, what do you want to do? And he was like, I don't really, he, he's an artist, right? So he thinks in, you know, big set pieces and like these things. And he had this idea to kind of frame it as a knight's quest. Like every issue, he's a knight on some sort of a noble um, uh, thing, right? And so we started talking about it. And I, so much of my work is uh, dark, very, very dark and uh, not pessimistic, but very much in embracing the abyss type of thing. And so I wanted to write something that was a little bit hopeful, a little bit more ascendant. Um, and so we kind of stumbled upon this idea of, um, of you know, light versus dark, like this noble knight fighting against darkness. And, um, and this idea of um, Null and his dragons would be a very good foe for a knight. Uh, and you'll get to see that play out uh, way more in Silver Surfer Black number five, the knight thing really like, comes yeah, yeah. to a head. Um, and it is, in a lot of ways, a, a structural inverse to my Thanos Wind series. Thanos, uh, in Thanos Wins, Thanos is, is, is shunted to the future uh, to embrace death um, and to look death in the eye and, and, and see what that means. In Silver Surfer, he is shunted to the past to look at hope and birth and life. And so I've always kind of thought of Thanos Wins and Silver Surfer Black as kind of set pieces oh, on yeah. either end. Very cool. Uh, Let's turn to Judah, since you have a lot of stuff going on as well. Um, I do want to talk about this. If the Raindrops United, your book, which is very cool, and it only costs a penny, is that right? Well, it's out of print. It came out a few years ago. So I believe you can buy used copies online for a penny and the shipping is three ninety nine. Nice. And so how much of that do you see, Judah? How much are you uh, rating? Yeah, of the penny. Money? I make forty dollars per <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, nice. Excellent. I, the economics of that, Amazon. That's how they get you. Amazing. No, it's funny. We were talking about backstage. You're not. Uh, you say you're not really a comic book guy, but this well, is. I, I'd be lying if I was. I, I, right. I, I think it's a great art form, and I just, you know, I just. There's only so many hours in the day. Like you right. know, people ask me, "Do you watch this TV show?" That's. I'm like, I. There's not a current TV show I watch. You know, I'm the same way. I'm just busy. You know, but I. Yeah. I, I love it. You know, and I. Uh, me and my brother used to like co-collect when we were kids, and oh, nice. I was always a slow reader. So he would finish them, and I'm still like on page four, and then he would just <laughs> sort of tell me everything that happens in them and stuff. We were really into the comic book. This is in the '70s called Nova. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I've Sorry. I've written a little bit of that. Oh really? Yeah, That's yeah, so yeah. Cool. There was because back then when it first came out, it was. Uh, it, there weren't that many of them. I think they only went up to maybe twenty or something like sure. that. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that was that was always a favorite of ours. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I you know I think it's an incredible art form. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean I'd just be lying if I said uh, yeah I'm not a comic book expert. You know? Yeah. But, uh, well, I'm curious then though why uh, why did you want to embrace the graphic form for if the raindrops united? Why was well, that important? Well, you know to you? when I was a kid I used to do my own. I always did a lot of art as a kid, and I used to do my own uh, comic strips sometimes, uh, political cartoons and other another cartoons, usually single single panel. And oh, nice. uh, yeah, so I uh, I remember I was touring a lot, and this was after Thirty Rock had finished filming, and you know stand up I've always been doing. I've been doing that since 1989, and nice. and I. Uh, so I remember I was touring a lot, and to sort of deal with anxiety, I kind of started drawing again. Because when I was a uh, kid, and even throughout high yeah. school, I used to do a lot of animation, uh, play animation, as well as drawing animation. Oh, wow. And uh, so I got back into, you know, traveling so much, I got back into to drawing a lot. And, you know, whenever if I'm at the airport waiting or whatever, you know, just start drawing. Yeah. And uh, so then uh, after six months or so, I realized... Well, I think I, I might be forming a book here because I had about 50 little 
you know, uh, cartoons, you know, single panel cartoons. And I was like, hmm. So I, then I just, uh, uh, then I started pitching it around and uh, most people were not interested. <laughs> One company was interested and then, uh, and then I kind of spent like a year and a half straight just, you know, I mean, still doing stand-up, but working on that book. Wow, of, that's kind of full time. Yeah. When you were doing American Splendor, did you check out any of Harvey P. Carr's stuff? Were you yeah, into that? Yeah, so American Splendor, that came, we filmed that in 2001. It came out in, we filmed it at the end of 2001. It came out in 2003. And uh, so when I had the audition, I thought it was very interesting. <laughs> and I thought it was very, and I don't, I don't mean that in a, in a, in a put-down, because I know that could be a put-down. Yeah, no, so. I mean, I've been put down that way before by people. Um, Judah's really anyway. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I got fired off a sitcom once, and then I was actually kind of glad I got fired off of it because they had me doing, my character doing an old joke that's been done before. Ah, uh, just the worst. And I don't want to do that. And, and you're like, they, can I? And they wanted to make that my catchphrase, and they oh. kept adding it throughout the show. Oh, it's a bummer when they're like, that's going to be your catchphrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, You're going to say that nine times. Yeah, and I know the guy who's, who wrote the joke, who used to do the joke. Oh, so, man. Uh, and then, uh, and I was, I was, I remember I, I worked Monday, I worked Tuesday. It was one of those sitcoms where, um, you rehearse all week, and they they tape it in front of an audience on a Friday night. Yeah. Right. So I remember uh, the next day I was going to tell them it's like we have to change this line, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and then they called me up that night and fired me, and I was I was like happy because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just couldn't go through with it. And uh, yeah. So anyway, so when they fired me, I, I wanted to know like, hey, what's your reason, you know? And uh, so she goes, well, first of all, I just want to say. I think you're a really interesting actor. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that really. It's like, oh, thanks. So, really so soft as the book. When I said I thought the book was very interesting, <laughs> I mean it was fucking interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't mean that as a put down. So, uh, really so uh, yeah. So, anyways, anyways, that story's a lot longer. I don't need to get into that. But uh, yeah, so when I got the audition, um, it was cool because it was you know I was playing a real person. You know, I was yeah. auditioning to play a real person. Uh, on real comic books, and I was not aware of the comic book at the time. And uh, so the first thing I did was I went to, it was uh, St. Mark's Comics. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. no longer open. Day. I know. R.I.P. Sadly yeah. ended. I think earlier this year, I think. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. So, so I went there, and I looked through. They had a few, they had, I think, a current issue, and then they had a couple of anthology books. And so I bought some of the stuff, and then I just, I didn't have that much money, so I, I, I just looked through some of the other books to, to really get the, the flavor for it, you know, and it was like, you know, his book was sort of like the opposite of of what you would think of a normal comic book at the time, yeah. where it was, you know, kind of a superhero, but just of, uh, you know, instead of all these great things, that book, that comic book was about the things you would cut out of a normal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's story. like if Clark Kent yeah. took off his glasses and became sad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're. It's just like if it was. Yeah, but also if it was just Clark Kent, Clark, uh, Clark Kent typing. Yeah, and, you know it wasn't, and, and just waiting. just the news at, 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 at regular top, speed. And, yeah. and the uh, you know his typewriter, the ribbon got twisted, and 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 nothing else happened. And yeah. you know, so that was it was very so I thought it was a really unique and interesting take. And uh, and then uh, I played Toby Radloff in that, who is. Uh, who bills himself as uh, the genuine nerd? Yeah, and he was a real guy and, and a real nerd. And you know the definition of nerd is you know has, has changed over yeah. the years. Oh yeah, man, it's very cool. You, yeah. you know, it was one of those things where it went from being like you know from personal experience like getting beat up for being a nerd to now it's like cool to be a nerd. And that was so earlier on tonight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You beat the shit out of a bunch <laughs> of <laughs> <jobs>. <laughs> Fuck but you, Pete. You're, you're totally right. So yeah. if. You know, if you're a certain age, if you're probably, I don't know, 40 or over, yeah, dude. Um, your definition that you originally knew the word nerd from is completely different than yeah. what it is today. Yeah. And uh, so, so Toby's a real nerd. You know, he was not uh, the modern day nerd. You know, yeah. he's uh, an original nerd. And uh, so it was, um, so I, w I wound up getting the part, and Toby acted in um, several uh, straight-to-video movies. Uh, there was Killer Nerd, Bride of Killer Nerd, and another one called Townies. Really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know about that. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, he filmed them all. Uh, Wayne Allen Harold is the writer-director of them. Oh, sure. Friend of Toby's. Uh, they're all these low-budget, 
uh, kind of comedy, kind of horror exploitation movies made in Cleveland. Wow. And uh, yeah, they're really cool. And I collected, for years, I collected rare VHS. So oh, wow. I actually found some of, uh, uh. of Toby's movies that the directors and producers hadn't seen. So I was able to watch Toby and kind of you know learn his mannerisms. Oh, that's wild. So like you that. had access to the character you were playing that no one else. Yeah, it was they, like a perfect situation. Yeah, they they had some stuff, but I had, I saw I got some videos that they had not seen. Oh, that's and then wild. on my second audition, or maybe after my first audition, they actually gave me some clips of Toby from a local Cleveland cable access show to study him. They were like, that. beat that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you were like, oh, buckle up, dude. I got no, it was good. It was really helpful. And then the night before filming, uh, I met Toby, and he gave me his, his full life story. Wow. And so, uh, and that was crucial because, you know, Toby, you know, he talked about, you know, how horribly he was treated by so many people and wow, getting beat yeah. up and all these things. And, and that... You know that really helped me play him. Uh, you know psychologically to have just to have that you know within me to, to play him. You know, so not just the physicality. Yeah, I, w- I would say my one of my favorite parts of the movie is when you you the camera just pans over from the actors to the real people. And it yeah, really awesome. just makes it. Uh, it kind of makes the movie. Yeah, yeah it totally does. Because Toby is such an over the top guy. Yeah, and talks so loudly. And it justifies what you've when been some doing. People, right. Some people when they see me in it, they're like, "This guy's really overdoing it." Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he'll go and he's like, "Oh my, you know, you he's nailing cut to Toby. it." Toby, cut to Toby. Yeah. Yeah. And then they put in the real Toby, and they're like, "Oh, okay, this." Wow, Judas. Yeah, Judas killing it. Yeah, it's such a subtle performance. Most people don't know I'm in the movie because I don't look like me. I don't yeah, talk yeah, like Yeah, yeah, it's true. And, uh, yeah, it's a completely so, different look. Yeah. I'm Chameleon. Just, I'm sort of trying to like relaunch my acting career a little bit and like like sometimes I'll say to a, you know an agent or somebody that uh, yeah, I was in that movie and they'll be like, oh yeah, you're great in that. I'm like, can you describe a scene that was yeah. in that? <laughs> And they can't because they may remember the movie, but they don't know that that was me right, doing it. Yeah. So it's like, so it's very weird. But, yeah. um, but it's also but kind it, of a compliment a great, to you. What's that? It's also it's kind of a compliment. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll, I'll take it. But uh, <laughs> it was it was, um, it was a really cool experience making that. I also I love the idea that they were like, we need to cast like a nerd for this role. And they're like, should we go with a guy who has videotapes that we don't have? Oh, the guy <laughs> yeah. that was playing? I was yeah. like, yeah, I think I feel like he might yeah. be the nerd we yeah. need. Yeah. Here's, here's a funny story. One time... Uh, I haven't seen Toby in a few years, but when I do shows in Cleveland, I'll often hit up Toby and oh, yeah. meet up and he'll come out to a show. And so, so one time, we have some hobbies that are similar. Like I like going to junk sales and sure. thrift yeah. shops, yeah. <clears throat> like real thrift shops where it's like the size of a Walmart and everything's like wow. one dollar to five dollars. Yeah, and it's like basically so, garbage. Yeah, yeah. So I went <laughs> dirt mall. I yeah, love I dirt, dirt mall. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like that. I love dirt. Malls, I haven't heard dude. that term. That's great. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. One of them was a dirt mall. It was an outdoor <laughs> junk sale. It was it's the best. Yeah. And then Toby took me to uh, a rummage sale that his church was having, mm-hmm. and uh, it might have been. I can't remember if it was a full time little thrift shop or if it was just a big sale they were having. So I go there, and there was a lot of good stuff. And uh, I got a couple cool things. I got a, a Beavis and Butthead VHS, which contained stuff that was not released on DVD. Oh, so that shit. was cool. And then I got one of these audio cassette players that has it had two headphone jacks so that two people. It was like one of those things from, <laughs> yeah, yeah, from yeah. elementary educational yeah. school. And uh, so I'm, I'm checking out, and each I think each thing was a dollar. And I got something else, too. I can't remember what it was. But those two items were items that Toby donated to the church. <laughs> no way. That's amazing. <laughs> like, what are the odds? Yeah, <laughs> it's very odd. It's like we're yeah. the same fucking taste. It's like <laughs> That's great. That's so good. Wow. It's so weird. It's beautiful. Uh, well, and he's just standing next to you like, got you, dude. Yeah, yeah, bro. He's like, oh, yeah, those are mine. Yeah, <laughs> those. I just took <laughs> you for $2, kid. He just got played. Uh, well, it was a very interesting performance. Uh, let's <laughs> move on anytime. Uh, let's move on with our next section, which is my favorite section because I come out to you guys. It's your audience questions. Yes. Woo! And for that, a couple of things about that. All you have to do is ask a question either for our guests or generally for our panel about absolutely anything. Uh, you're all going to get a little comic book club prize pack with a bumper sticker, a magnet, and a button. 
But we're also going to give away some Blu-ray sets to the absolute best questions. We're going to have these folks determine what they are. So make questions good. That's all yeah, I'm no saying. No fucking around. Yeah. yeah. No Don't fucking around, us, guys. guys. Yeah, I saw this hand. Blu-rays Go. on the line, which is like... <laughs> It's like before the internet, that's what we watched. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your name? What's your question? My name is Kevin, and you talked uh, some about you know, formative uh, comics that you read as a kid. Mm. Uh, what are some other titles, and they could be comics or they could be other media, that you think were so formative as a kid that have, you know, that have informed uh, what you do as an adult? Ooh. Formative. Um, yeah, for me, I, 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 my dad taught me how to read with comics. So, like, my brother was like super into baseball cards, and the baseball card shop had comics in it, right? And so, I was this little kid, and I wanted all these shiny, bright, colorful things. And my dad was like, you know, I'll buy them for you if you learn how to read. And I was probably about like <laughs> thirteen the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that joke never fucking works. Uh, no, I was probably like four, right? Um, and uh, it was first like Green Lantern and Spider-Man and then uh, honestly, Venom. It was a big deal for me. So you were, that was one of the first comics you ever yeah, read? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so that, so like when I took over, circle, man, that's so- for real, man, like when I took over Venom, I took him over on, on his 30th anniversary and I'm 35, and I was there for the for the for the beginning of it, right? Wow, that's wild. Yeah, I um, I've read every issue of Venom ever since then, and um, actually, when I went to art school, which is where I met Trad Moore and Jeff Shaw and all these guys that I would go on to yeah. work with, I got my scholarship as a sculptor uh, with sculptures of Venom uh, that <laughs> I did. Wait, so you oh, came amazing. in as a sculptor? Yeah, yeah, I was a sculptor and an illustrator. I I actually hadn't written a word my entire life until 2010. Um, yeah. That's when you learned to read, finally. Yeah, that's when I finally, when I, when I finally cracked it. As far as, like, formative books that, like, really got me into, um, uh, 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 like, kind of captured my imagination and wanted me to do this, or made, or made me want to do this, uh, Bendis' Powers was huge oh, for, for me. Wow. Um, I, there's, a, there's, a, there's a way to say this that's not sound like I'm being a dick and I haven't found it yet no. so let me just let me just try this dick it up yeah. um, I always think about because there's so many people my age who cite powers as right. an inspiration of, of, of doing this and I always think of them as like early punk rock where like a bunch of people in the crowd saw that and they were like well fuck that counts I can do that Right, yeah, and obviously, yeah. like no one can do what Brian does, but there was like powers came out, and it was just like people talking about comics, so, like people like standing around just having conversations, and I had never seen that. I had right. never, you know, I grew up as like an image kid in like the '90s and stuff, and it was all just like this big. It was very artist focused, right? Yeah. And so I grew up wanting to be an artist, and then I read Bendis's stuff, and I was like, oh my god, like that's it's just like natural people. Talking, I'll just you know? do the words actually. Now. Yeah, I'll just <laughs> that sounds way <laughs> easier. Um, it is funny you say that because back those, especially the, when the image launched, it was like this seems so hard to do. Uh, yeah, it was like you have to either be a writer and an artist yeah. or be able to write a splash page in a way, right? Like it's more of an impenetrable. It was a, um, it, it was a you were looking at masters at the height of their craft, right? Right, and then like. In like a vertigo at the same time, right? People want to talk a lot of shit about the '90s, but like the '90s were also Good the Brit- the British invasion was also yeah. then too, right? That was also like Ellis and Ennis and Gaiman and Moore and all these guys were just coming over um, uh, through the, the Vertigo line, and so you had like all the greatest writers doing Vertigo stuff, and you had all the greatest artists doing Image stuff. It was such an inspirational time, and then fucking Wildstorm hit, and it was all those writers and yeah. all those artists, <laughs> and it was the best comic books ever fucking made. Yo, I remember that summer when those came out, We, uh, my brother and I, I grew up in the country, there wasn't a comic book store near us, way upstate New York. So we ordered our comics and they were mailed to us. Yeah, yeah. And so we thought that when they came out, that's when they were mailed to us. It's not how it worked. It was like months later. Oh, yeah. So yeah. every day we would literally run to the mailbox, open yeah. it, and be like, fuck! No, it's not. To, and just like right. that level yeah. of desperation for these things totally. was what, uh, that's my form of experience, is not having comics. <laughs> Judah, do you have any sort of... I know you mentioned Nova earlier, but do you have any sort well, of formative experience? as far as my book goes, um, these weren't comic books, but they were books of drawings and cartoons. Uh, B. Kleban in the 70s did uh, several books. One was called Never Eat Anything Bigger Than Your Head <laughs> and uh, Tiny Footprints. 
And uh, and these were he also his most famous ones probably one called Cats. And uh, these were very popular in the seventies. And the uh, the Cats was more kind of mainstream, but the other ones were really kind of like a lot of them are kind of just bizarre, hilarious, uh, dirty, uh, sexual. Um, <laughs> probably rated R, X rated. Some of them, you know, some black and white drawings and. Uh, like Tijuana Bibles kind of thing? I, I don't know the reference. I, I don't know. Oh, it's, uh, Tijuana Bibles is just like little dirty mini comics, like little little like stapled together type shit that people would like pass around. That sounds like I'll check that out. Check out Tijuana. <laughs> you would, no, I, yeah, I feel like no, you would dig because they would, they, would like, they would like skirt around copyright law, so it would be like fucked up Batman comics yeah. and stuff like that. It would be like parody comics. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you would yeah, like. These, these were really out there. Like he'd have, I remember one comic, it was... Uh, one cartoon, it just said it was just this re- really heavy, heavy guy sitting on another guy, covering his whole body, and it just says, dirty fat person sits on president's face. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so great. You it, could republish that like, now and be yeah, a fucking... No big yeah. deal. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's this timeless thing about, you know, the regular person, you know, striking back at authority on such a simple level, yeah, right? And it really works, yummy. you know. So, so he did all. It was just really, just, just really. Uh, it was almost like uh, maybe more like a a more bizarre and intellectual version of the Far Side. Yeah, right? I could. Say I was gonna that. say from your book, there's a Far Side kind yeah. of element to it, right? So, B. Kleban is uh, real, really cool stuff. Cool, yeah, really cool. That's great. Cool. Pete, do you have an answer for this one? Well, uh, it's funny that you're talking because, like, my comic book shop was also a baseball card uh, yeah, place. Yeah, of course. Uh, what was great for me was baseball cards were so much more popular that I would go in and trade my baseball cards that I got from my dad for comics, and I had to, like, hide them. And your dad was like, hold on to this for the rest of your you're life. Like, yeah, and you were yeah. like, I'm going to swap this tomorrow <laughs> yeah. for any, yeah. literally any comic book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. But uh, it worked and out that's great what you've been estranged from your father. Since yeah, yeah, he hates me. But yeah. so uh, that uh, that know, affects your life. I found love in comics, so hey, that's all that's, that matters. Uh, the ultimate father is a comic book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the way I. Play. He won't hit you. <laughs> you mean a <laughs> comic book won't? Yeah, Wait, what? Right. Yeah, I got you. I'll, yeah. Okay, we all right. I don't want to get into it. No, we can get into it. Later. Yeah, should we get into it? No. Let's no how much time do we have here? Let's uh, talk about Hank years. Yeah. We got a couple of years, right? We can get into this. Yeah, let's definitely get into great. this. Great. All of it leading up to this. Uh, cool. I think we that was a great question. We can get another question. You, sir, over here. What's your name? What's your question? Name Caesar, and my question. Well, actually, this is a question I've been asking since February. The, the month of love. Ooh, what a history to this question. Shit. Yeah, go long down, anyway. Guys. It's uh, almost next February. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to wait that long. Um, okay, so I knew a performer once who bragged that he loved Batman so much he'd bend over and blow the bat down, so to speak. With that okay. said, wait, you're talking about fucking what Batman? is <laughs> happening right now? Well, someone's gonna back down. Let's do it. Okay, yeah, we. Okay, yeah. I, I can predict your question. <laughs> yes, let me answer. The answer that. is yes. Okay. Wait, wait. What would you do for your favorite superhero? What would I do? And you, do I, for it, it sounds like you mean sexually. Yeah. Right. Do you do you specifically mean sexually? <laughs> Not necessarily. Caesar's been drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Been drinking. What would you do? Uh, for like a Klondike a, bar or your favorite superhero? Would you, like, what would you do like as a favor? Or do you mean like literally? Sure. Well, like, like what w- am I getting out of it, I guess, is the yeah. question. Like, <laughs> Do I get to like have their gear, their powers or some shit? Or? No, no. Just, just, just like, to say thanks. Your favorite comic character walks Back up down. to you and says, hey, uh, I need a favor. Yeah. What are you willing to do? I, I feel like... Um, I just want to say I appreciate you taking this, Dottie, because that's not how favors work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, um, I feel like I do a lot for superheroes currently. Yeah, I feel like I do a lot for them. Um, as for Batman, uh, Batman's a billionaire who beats up poor people in the street so he can get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> and I do a fucking yeah. thing for that's Batman. That's the real lesson is Batman can get fucked <laughs> by this person. And he will. Yeah. He will. Uh... Do you guys have an answer? Yeah. How would you guys fuck Batman? 
that's a, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> how would I fuck Batman? I'd kill his parents. Yeah, oh! exactly. Yeah. That he's really fucked. Yeah, no, it's I, really I think fucked. he's not killing his parents. Really Ooh. fucked. Hey. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, then he's just a rich asshole. Yeah. <laughs> the ultimate punishment. I, uh, I feel like with Batman, you have to lay out a little mystery. He loves a little. He is a detective. You don't want to be too easy. You want to. You want him to let his bat dick out. Yeah, exactly. It's on him. You're not fucking better than that joke. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're better than that joke. His utility belt. It has a little flap. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Let's let's forward this to Joel Schumacher. (laughs) He could answer this question. That's what that entire movie was about. Super easy. Yeah. Yeah. That's Thank you so much. I think we crushed question. that question. <laughs> I think we, I think we, we fucking nailed that. Yeah. Pete, real quick, how would you fuck Batman? Uh, yeah. uh, you know, I'd take him on a date. The Punisher? Him dine the Punisher. Him, you know. Oh, so you wouldn't fuck him, you just romance him. Yeah, I would, you know, we'd go see a movie, but nobody would die, hopefully. I feel like canonically Bruce Wayne's not overly fond of theater dates. Yeah, he's not a movie guy. This no, movie. absolutely. You Great question. Yeah. Great question. Great, Great one. Uh, do we have another question from yes. somebody? You yeah. sir. Couple, there's another What's your back. name? What's your question? All right, I'm John. Um, one of my favorite parts of American Splendor was uh, Toby talking about Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. Um, because obviously nerd back then, negative connotation... Um, good people being like you know tarred with that brush as it were in today's society with like you say nerd becoming like a cool thing geek being a cool thing um, is there a space for that kind of movie or are we just going to be looking at the Joker now oh Oh, fuck that's a great question and um, yeah I don't know I mean you know I'm, I'm probably too old and out of the loop to know if in some circles does nerd still mean that, or is there a different word for it now? You know, where it's because yeah. you're right, it was a really a, it was it was meant to be a put down and and to try to keep a person down. You know, that's that's right. how it was used. You know? And like truly, Revenge of the Nerds was like everyone they saw that title and they were like, oh, I know what that means. Right. Like now, if you released a movie, it was like it's called Revenge of the Nerds. Everyone be like, yeah. What does that? It'd be what real. Mean? I mean, it'd be dangerous. I mean, it's a, it's a. There's a. I mean, the, the guy's question was kind of on point, where it's like. A Revenge of the Nerds kind of power fantasy film today is The Joker. It's yeah. a cat <laughs> yeah. who gets fucking laughed at and then goes and murders a bunch it's of people, right? A really sad state of yeah. everything, A, yeah. but also B, what we think outsiders now. Back in Revenge of the Nerds, was like all they wanted was to just be normal. <laughs> they wanted yeah. to play their electric violin and go on a date. And now it's like Revenge of the Nerds, yeah, he murders a bunch of right. people yeah. randomly. Yeah, it's di- it's weird, right? Because like I remember, I I so I'm like I'm thirty, I just turned thirty five, and I think that I'm part of the last generation of people that grew up being like actively made fun of for reading comics and stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and it's like you were saying, like it's changed so much that I don't even know what that. I think it's 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 turned so much to at a certain point, nerd cult- culture has gotten so. Um, I don't want to say uh, in well, I, yeah, entitled to a certain degree, a, a certain subsections no, of it, right. where the tide has turned so much, or uh, that they have become the oppressors and the gatekeepers yeah. of their own culture. Yeah. Um, they've turned into the the ogres and the bad guys of Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, I mean, it's funny you yeah. say that. Like, uh, I saw this person, and uh, they were walking down the street. They're a lot younger than me, and I was like, they're wearing a Batman T-shirt, and I was like, "Jim Lee, dude, that's a fucking great Batman." And they were like, "What?" And I was like, "I wanted to beat the shit out of them, you know." For See, so you're the bad guy in that story. Yeah, yeah, you're. Yeah, not go the direction. Beat up for that to then right. to do that. Yeah, because I remember it, uh, growing up, like you would, because like wearing Batman shirts and like Star Wars shirts and 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 these kinds of things. You would. That's how you found your family and crowds and stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. you would walk on and just be like, "Bro, bro." So like, Spawn, like for real, yeah. Spawn. Yeah. And that's how you found your friends and stuff. Now you know. And now it's so much. Uh, it, there's 
there's so much. I think with, but honestly, any subculture that 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 and you see in like the punk stuff and the metal scene, all these kind of this stuff. Yeah. Whenever something that is kind of treasured and and becomes a safety net for people who are marginalized, whenever it becomes exposed and expanded upon to the masses, those people who were in it in the beginning tend to turn on it, and it tends to turn volatile yeah. until it all settles down. And the great common denominator of all these things is hot topic. And once it goes into hot topic, <laughs> and once mothers start buying it, everyone fucking settles down. It's just like, okay, yeah. let's not get into fights about fucking Pokemon. And then it just it gets neutralized. But I do think comic books have a weird thing where people have been able to retain that ownership despite sure. that mass appeal. Like, the fact that you'll see anyone on the street wearing a Thing t-shirt, it's like, well, I'm, I have more ownership of that than that person. Right. It's like becomes that sort of gradation of the judgment. Of well, the gradation is a great example of it. There's levels to things, right? Like, yeah. I, I've, I've been writing Venom for a few years now, and I, I, I'm very well known within the readers, people who read comics, as the Venom guy, right? Yeah. Um, but, like, just, just coming here, just walking over here, I walked past like nine cats wearing Venom T-shirts who don't know who the fuck I am, and yeah. but that's but that's awesome. Like I love that nowadays there are multiple access points to anything, right. you know, um, and you don't have to be judged by your level of knowledge on a thing, you know. Like it's cool that like Judah knows the kind of fucking underground cool shit that he digs, and he's no less of a fucking you know, comic book, like, a part of the comic book family than we are. And I think yeah. that's the kind of shit that we should support. Like, instead of seeing someone wearing a Joker shirt or a Watchmen shirt and being like, who fucking inked that? Like, it's just <laughs> fucking rad that you found it, man. Yeah. Like, however you find it, you find it. Unless it's the Big Bang Theory, which is fucking the devil. Yeah, that show, exactly. We can all unite against that. That, yes. that show actively hates you. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's over. We killed it, so it's yeah. fine. Uh, do we have any other questions? Any Last other questions, questions from anybody? Ooh, another one over here. Let's get it. What is your name and what is your question? Uh, I'm Ronnie. Uh, this is for everybody, uh, but especially for Judah. Uh, kind of a Fight Club question, but let's just pretend we're all superheroes or superpowers or whatever. He wants to fight you. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. I want to. Do ask, you want to fucking fight? <laughs> I want to ask who you want to fight. They have to be a celebrity, and what's their weakness? <laughs> oh wow! Oh boy! Uh, nice. Well, first of all, if they're a celebrity, they're 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 not going to be good fighters, <laughs> <laughs> unless they're actually a fighter. Yeah, so it's a celebrity yeah, fighter. They are fighting That's celebrities. A um, yeah, no, I, I don't think there's anyone I want to uh, celebrity. I want to fight. Um, You've entered a pacifist. Uh, what's that? You've entered a pacifist portion of your life. Well, you know, I think you know, with the amount of. Uh, Intensity I bring, I, I I don't think any of them would. Uh, I think they would all back out. Well, no one's trying to fight the world champ. Right? Yeah, right. So yeah, the champion right. of the yeah. world. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't think uh, I don't think any of them would be would do that. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I, I, real lifestyle. Like, I don't want to fight nobody. I don't want to. I don't want to fight anybody. Like comic books, though. Like <laughs> I don't know. Like I feel like I'm not gonna win shit. Like, I was like a kind of a pasty white dude from Austin. Like, I'm not going to fight anybody. Uh, well, don't clap for me being pasty. Austin. Yeah, hell yeah. Austin. There are absolutely people that I would fight off mic. <laughs> There's <laughs> yeah. absolutely a big section of... Uh, of uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you didn't land on any nouns right then. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. Uh, do you guys have any any celebrities you would fight? And I think we didn't answer the just other for part fun of the though. Okay, if we're just homies, yeah, um, it's like a fun, playful fight. Yeah, yeah like a slap. I, I, I feel like I would want to fight Jim Steranko just because I feel like I want to see how strong he is. Just I want to see how bad I get my ass kicked. Yeah, I feel like he has some old dude. Dude, yeah, Jim Strangle fucks you, so, dude. I'll, I have a quick story about that. Actually, uh, I moderated a panel for Jim Stranko at Keystone Comic Con in Philly recently, very recently, uh, and he told this story. Which uh, the question that I started off with was like, "Hey, you helped create Nick Fury. Uh, where did you start with that?" And he went all the way back to his childhood and started talking through his childhood and. I think maybe confessed to several murders while he was doing it. I'm not 100% sure. But as part of it, he was like, yeah, and I grabbed this. This guy used to grab me by the arm just like this. And he reached out and he grabbed my arm. 
And it hurt dude. so badly. Dude. So fuck, you lost a fight to Jim No, Stryker. I dude. lost a fight to no, I Jim said Stryker, this yeah. Because if you go to Jim Stryker's booth and he gives you the full throttle handshake, oh my it God. is a vice grip. That yes. dude, that, that dude's going to outlive all of us. Here's my theory. I think he's a ghost that came back to life. Have you guys been watching The Righteous Gemstones? Yes. Do you know? Th- that's just yeah. Jim, Jim Serenko. Uh, yeah. Walter he Goggins' is, character. He's baby, he's baby Billy. He's uh, baby Billy. He's baby Billy. There's no 100%. way that's, that wasn't intentional. Whoever's doing Jim Serenko's wigs, which is a person's job, is also doing uh, Walter, Walton Goggins' gigs yeah, and dude. Uh, wigs in uh, Righteous Gemstones. Uh, all right, I think we kind of I answered just, your question. I think we covered some real about. esoteric Ooh. parts of the culture. Go ahead. No, I used to do a line uh, saying, I, uh, I, one time I beat up Wolverine so bad he applied for a transfer to DC Comics. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Amazing. Excellent. Uh, any more questions real quick? No, nobody? Okay, then we we're going to give away some Blu-ray DVD sets. Uh, there was only four questions but, Judah, do you have a favorite question out of this? You know, there were a lot of great questions. <laughs> sure, um, that's true. One of them was about love and Batman. Right. And, um, yeah. I mean, it's hard to top love. Yeah. Um, uh, sir, I think your, your question about the, the, the nerd question was really good. Yeah. 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 That, was a, you know, that really had a lot of levels to it. I, that's great. It well, cool. Whose question was that? Over there? Right John. Uh, all right. Would you like The Flash Season 5, Doom Patrol Season 1, or Supergirl Season 4? Doom Patrol, great choice. Highly underrated show. Everybody should check it out. It was really superb. Uh, that's a Blu-ray. Yes, it's a Blu-ray, so don't... Good luck playing that. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, we're not giving away Blu-ray players. Donnie, do you have a favorite question? I go with that dude saying, well, fucking Batman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that Batman. Uh, here we go. What would you like? Flash or Supergirl? Uh, I, I, <laughs> he wants Supergirl. You got a crush on You really filled in the gap we were thinking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And Justin and Pete, do you guys have a choice? Please, no, please. No. no, Of the remaining questions? Yeah. Go ahead. No, yeah. Go ahead. Anybody? You go ahead. Uh, I'm going to go to a gentleman right there. A gentleman right here. Here you go. Here's a flash set. Kevin, we will get you something special as well. Don't you worry. The flash is very fast. All right. A uh, <laughs> couple of things before we wrap up here that we should probably plug, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, I think so. A uh, couple of things. We do our regular show Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. at the Pit Loft, so definitely come on down. That's totally free. 8 p.m. every single week, as well as the podcast. We actually do a bunch of different podcasts. We have a Riverdale podcast called Riverdale After Dark that is coming back next Wednesday, so definitely check that out. Also, Watchmen Watch, our Watchmen podcast, is gearing up to the show. We're recapping, breaking down every issue of Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons' classic comic book series. Which has been a lot of fun. It's very yeah. fun. Nothing very fucked awesome. up about that. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, so that's enjoyable. Plus other podcasts that you can check out. Pete, what do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Hey. Follow, us on, follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out at comicbookclublive.com for this podcast. More, you can subscribe and comment on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Android, or the app of your choice couple of people we want to thank before we go. We want to thank Donnie for being on the show. Judah. We want to thank everybody here at Caveat. But most of all, we want to thank you all. Thanks for coming out. Enjoy Comic-Con. Good night.